Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Come on, let's stand and pray this morning. Shake it up a bit. It's sitting there for about 10 or 15 minutes now. Don't get too comfortable. Come on, pray with me. Think of someone. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and active. And it comes to us and it builds our faith. Lord God, we thank you for your plans and purposes in us as a church. God, we pray for unity amongst us. And we thank you for our word, your word today, Lord God, which shifts our thinking, which aligns us right with you. Lord God, that works in us, Lord God. Let your word, let seeds be planted. Lord God, let your word open our eyes, Lord God, and bring the life that you've given it to bring, Lord, in Jesus' name. We love you, God. God bless you. Great. Grab a seat. Grab your seat. It's great to be here. And we've been doing a series on faith. And what a precious, precious thing is faith. Is having faith in God. Is having that trust, that undeniable trust, faith in Jesus Christ. My grandfather just passed away two weeks ago to say goodbye. And all I could hang on to was that he had faith in God. That's all I had. When it all came down, there were some inheritances that sort of came my way through who he was, and and I'm not talking material things because there was nothing left at the end of his life except the things that he did and the the things that he he spoke and and who he was. So some of that was transferred to me and. A long time ago, he, uh, he responded to the call of God. He had an opportunity to have a big house at Dural. He was uh, in line to inherit a large building company. He was a builder, and he uh, gave it all up to go into the ministry. And he had three little kids, under three, and they, went, they didn't have enough money for rent. Um, and he, he sold his house uh, and let it all go and went and became a minister. And I think that, that's my inheritance right there and uh, a life of faith, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, we're doing a series on faith. You've got to we'll turn to your Bible in, in Hebrews 12. We're going to look at um, verse 1 through to 3 this morning. But faith, it's just such a precious thing, and it, it matters so much. Hebrews 12, verse 1, it starts with therefore. Now, if you see a therefore in the Bible, you have to sort of backtrack a little bit. That's my mother and father-in-law in the front row, hey? Has it ever happened before? No. <laughs> Bethany and Luke said no, it's never happened before, and they would know. It starts with therefore, which means you've got to have a look at therefore, what's previous. And in chapter 11, it's somewhat known as the heroes of faith, and it lists all these people from the Old Testament and all the amazing things that were accomplished when they gave it over to trust in God and believe in God. 
It has a definition of faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This is chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. There's this certainty. Faith and hope are linked. They go together and they're anchored on what God says. They're not an empty kind of thing. If you're hoping for something and you've got no faith to go with it, it's, it's going nowhere. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. And then the ingredients of faith are here. Now, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. If we take nothing and we got nothing and we add nothing to nothing, we've still got nothing. That's true of created stuff, of, of, of matter, but not with God. God calls things that aren't as though they are. And so he had nothing, and by his wisdom, and by the power in the Word of God, and by his active will, he was actioning, he was into it, he was active on it, they were all in unity, and it was. And these are the ingredients of faith, and it's woven into, it's like gravity, it's woven into this universe, and God, through all the centuries, has been inviting people into faith. Come in, believe in me, come this way, believe, walk with me. I believe we walk together with God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is the transaction between heaven and earth with your believing, anchored into what he says. So when circumstances are saying one thing, we can say, hang on a minute, what does God say about this? What, what does God say about this? Because often we think and we want God to change our circumstance, but God doesn't change the circumstance straight away or all the time. He changes you. And then you see the circumstance, what is us? It's nothing anyway. Faith. What is more precious Then faith, this is what the ancients were commended for. And in the end of verse 11, he says, these were all commended for their faith. And it's a long list. It talks about Noah and Abraham and and all everyone else that's in there. Isaac, all of them, they're in there. But he said, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us that only together with us would they be made perfect. So they were looking forward to something better which is Jesus Christ, which is where we're at now. So therefore, therefore, since we, since we, since we, faith brings us together. I like what Zach said. I don't can't remember what he said, but he said something about unity this morning. Faith is about coming together. We have faith together. We don't have faith isolated. Faith is not really faith. Faith is faith in God. God wants us to be together. It's faith in a family, with a deeper, deeper commitment. And it's awesome. It's great. Faith brings us together. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he prayed for unity. Let them be unified. Let them have unity. Let them have unity. If you've ever looked at any body of people ever, that have been successful, whether for evil or for good, they've had unity. They've had together. And we can have unity of faith. Therefore, since we... All right, we've got three words into it. Let's keep going. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Therefore, since we, all those people and us now together, are surrounded. Sometimes it feels like you're, not sur- you're surrounded by enemies. Sometimes it feels like you're surrounded by issues. Sometimes it feels like you're surrounded by adverse circumstances or whatever's going on or you wish this thing would be different or that thing would change. But let me tell you, you are surrounded by all people, all these people of faith that are cheering you on, that are saying you can do it, that are saying we've done this. This is what God has done in us when we trusted, when we believed in God. We are surrounded by people's testimonies and all these people that point to you and say you're awesome, you can do it. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives you strength. They're pointing to you today and they're on your side. So whatever's going on, find a good book to read, a story of someone of faith. Find someone to talk to who's been through some stuff. Get some faith. Bring some of God's Word into the circumstance and let Him work in your world. We are surrounded by these people. We gain faith from what God is doing and has done in people's life. We have this cloud of witnesses and it gives us capacity. Ground is taken spiritually and physically. You know, this wasn't here before. What we're in right now, this, this wasn't here. This was something else and then it was derelict for years. But this group of people that met together believed in God and followed him and now we're here. Now we're here. Ground was taken. We were taking ground. We believed God. And there were some battles that were fought along the way. There was some ground to take. There was some adversity. And we would have elders meetings. And we would talk about the things that needed to happen. And we would talk about how much money. It was a lot of talk about money because when you're buying a property, you need money. And we had a, a, a pretty good amount to purchase the property. And we uh, bought it ahead of uh, someone else who was offering more money, but because it was a Presbyterian church that owned it, they wanted to see another church in here, and they gave us favour. And we purchased this place, and then we started to renovate it, and it just seemed like the road was always going to be an issue. I mean, the road. They wanted us to pay for a road. Why do we pay for a road? And I didn't want to whinge or complain, so I didn't say too much. But I used to think, it's not our road. What it is? They can pay for the flipping road. That's what. What do we have to pay? They wanted us to pay for all these changes on the road out there. Anyway, I just just let it ride and let it ride, and years went past. And so every time years went past, the cost of the work that they want us to do would go up, and it would go up, and it would go up by tens of thousands of dollars. So we're thinking we're never going to get into this. Well, no, we weren't quite thinking of that. We're thinking how we're going to get into this place. It's dragging on. Well, we know God provides, we're trying to be faithful, we're seeking him. But anyway, we're praying through this thing and I, I, I get one of Phil Pringle's books and I'm reading it and he's talking about all the battles. He's part of the cloud of witnesses that we have. He's talking about the battles that he goes through and what happened with their church building and 
And, um, and I, I like reading his stuff. He's awesome. And, and then it says at the end of one of these things, and then it all, it all came together, blah, 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 this, that, and that. And they gave us a set of traffic lights out the front. And I thought, what are we? Well, they got traffic lights. We want a median strip. If God gave them traffic lights, God will give us a median strip. So the next meeting we have, I'm sitting there. And they're talking about how much it's going to cost and how we're going to do it. And I just say, I don't think we're going to have to pay for that. And Chris is like, yeah, 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 but we've got to do this, 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 and this, and this. We've got to pay for that. And I'm just like, you know, I just don't think, you know, I just don't agree. I don't agree that we're going to have to pay for that. And yeah, yeah, but we've got to pay for this and do that. And we've got this work. And Dale, you know, your guy, your mate, where's, where's he up to and all this and that. And then I say, look, I just don't agree with it okay I don't agree with it and then Ruth says well I'm going to agree with you and and I'm when we're like great we're going to agree that it's not going to happen is there a median strip out there no there's not they changed for some reason I don't even know what the reason is but there was a change in us with the circumstances when I read a testimony and I got faith because I just didn't believe that it was good I didn't believe it was working for good and who knows that God works all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. It's about him. And so we got a different median strip. So when you drive in, just make sure you're really careful because there's no median strip. I always thought it was a good idea. I just never thought we should pay for it. So when you're driving along, just watch you don't turn right too often. Make sure you come back up through there and do you come this way because it's a little bit traffic, you know what I'm saying? Take responsibility for any accidents. <laughs> but that's how it works. By the cloud of witnesses, faith. We can get faith for the things that are in front of us. And then it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The things that hinder. The things that hinder. It says this because it's talking about having a race. And if you're in a race, throw off the dead weight. The things that hinder, the things that hinder us are the affections and the concerns for this present life and your body. The things that are in the world, the desires that you want, push faith to the side. The worries and the stresses that come will push faith and make faith in your life small. Jesus said in Matthew 6.25, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. He says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or, or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap. Or store away in barns, and let your heavenly yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow; they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, and we heard about Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith. You of little faith. 
You of little faith. Now, you don't need much faith. But when you're running a race and pressures come in, I know in my day-to-day or in my week, if I bow to the demands of running my business and bow down to the pressures of staff or the pressures of this client or that client, and I get too full of all that stuff, I am not thinking about who I'm going to witness to. I am not thinking about my daily devotion. I'm just not thinking about it because it's boom and it's boom and it's this thing and it's that thing and it's this staff member. I got off the plane. Actually, no, I got home and the next day I went to work. We, we had a week off and then I had this phone call about this staff member and this phone call about this staff member and I'm thinking, what is going on? What's happened in my week away? And then I just have to go to God and pray over it all, and believe for a good outcome, and think about the words that I'm going to say to this person to make them feel valued, to build them up, and to say, one guy just didn't get his pay, his pay slip went into the wrong thing, and, and someone rang me and said he's really, he just feels undervalued, he feels like he's not wanted, and I just rang him up and I said, look, I'm sorry about that, this is the system, that what happened, but we appreciate who you are, we appreciate what you do, we really care about this, we're going to sort this out, we're going to change the way it happens, and he just was like, he was just feeling empty and he just felt good about that. But I can't let those things always come in and take away my focus on seeking first the kingdom. And the best way to do that is just to be faithful. Just to be faithful in our vision. Just to be faithful in your daily devotion. Just to be faithful in your focus on God. Just to be faithful. Just every day, keep it simple, keep it small, keep it going. Praying, reading the Bible, just keep it simple. Seeking God. Where are you, God? He's seeking God. What are you speaking to me about in this circumstance? Where are you, God? Just keeping that devotion, keeping that weekly witness. Joel's not here today, but him and I often have text messages about who we're witnessing to. You know, he gets one point for, you know, you've got a full witness in, you get 10 points if you lead someone to the Lord. But we have this little banter going on. But I tell you what, it's encouraging because I'm, we got well, you got three points, and uh, and we just we do it as a bit of a side. But you know, we are really trying to reach out and love people. But being faithful in your yearly commitment and serving in the house, serving in God. So throw off the things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles, and that's what sin does. That's why God hates sin. People think God hates people because of sin. But no, God hates sin in people, so he tries to remove the sin out of people to make people not tangled up, not all tied up in sin, not all bound up. When I was growing up, we had this, we we have this piece of land, and I was reminded of this the other day because I thought I'm going to get a goat because I got all this lantana and all these bushes and things, and I'm thinking I'm either going to poison that or I could get a goat. And a goat will eat all that stuff, and that would be a good solution. When I was growing up, I was about 13, we had a goat, and it used to do that. It used to eat all this stuff, and it was tied to a stick, uh, 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 actually a stake in the ground. And so he could walk around, and, but every day we had to untangle this thing. And I was always scared of it because it bucked me. And I didn't like it because I wasn't very big when I was 13. And, um, and Nanny, the goat, we, I had a love, love-hate relationship with Nanny, the goat, but every day... She would get tangled up and she would get so tangled up. And I remember being young and looking at her thinking, that is absolutely impossible. She cannot fit between those two trees for the the rope to go through there. And then she can't even move. Like it's it's like, 
And we would untangle her and there was always a moment when she was set free and I had to run. And uh, I remember one day Dad have, not having enough, you know, tension on the lens. Boom! Barks by nanny. And uh, I'm not scared of goats anymore, but I think it was because my cousin, like, he was a bit bigger and, and, and she did, I don't think she liked children because my cousin would get hold of her horns and flick her on the nose. And I think that was a real problem for nanny. Um, but anyway, it just reminds me of what sin does to people's lives. It just ties them up. And they get tied up in their issue. And they get tied up in their circumstance of their sin or their addiction or their whatever it is. But Jesus comes to take it away. To untie things. To untie brains that are all bound up. To untie hearts that are unforgiven. To untie things and to set people free. He doesn't hate people. He hates sin because of what it does. And he sent Jesus to give us righteousness, to set us free from sin and not be like Nanny the goat. All right, let's continue in Hebrews 12 and almost verse 3. Two, almost verse two. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race is marked out. Luke just did a race. Come up here, Luke. You didn't know I was going to do this. But I thought of you this morning and I thought, this, this guy will make a great example. So Luke's just run a race. Half marathon, 22Ks? 21.1. 21.1. What's the point of a point one? I suppose half marathon, what's a 42.2? Yep. What's the point? What's like, the point? Anyway, no point to the point, but there's a point in there. So, and you're a bit sore. Yes, very. Did um, Kale run with you or something? What's the go? Yeah. Kale ran? Yeah, I beat him. Don't worry. You, you beat him. Or did he have a wooden leg or? No, I think he, I think he had to walk the last kilometre. But he ran over the line, so that's all that matters. He ran over the line. Isn't that interesting? You see some of those fun runs and you see people that have just walked and walked, but then they get 100 metres from the end and they sprint. Have you ever seen that? And there's all these people cheering them on. Yay! But they've walked for 20 k's. Anyway, sprint over the line. So, let me, so you got a good pair of running shoes then? Yeah, some really good ones, actually. Asics? Asics. Oh. Gel Keanos. And, like, nice, you know, good uh, bit of curve in there and mm-hmm. nice and light. Yep. Right. You, didn't, you didn't want to wear your steel caps. You don't have <laughs> to do that. No boots. No, it's important you right, wear the right clothing. So you didn't wear a backpack or anything? No. Just had a singlet? Singlet, watch, and shorts. That's it. Nice, nice and light? Yeah. Get a few drink stops along the way? I didn't stop, but I did grab a drink. As you ran past, you did that thing. Or the awkward half, like, splash on your face and try and drink So it. you try and get one splash and then one to drink? Yeah, Gatorade, and like you sip a Gatorade and water. And so you, get so you go left-hand Gatorade, splash, keep running? You don't splash the Gatorade. That'll make, but, <laughs> but they but have the water. water. Yeah, they have yeah, water, the, the they Gatorade, yeah, and yeah. then spo- they have sponges? No sponges. They, they went out like in the nineties. Water, water pistols. So yeah. you, water pistols, cheery yard, yay. Yeah. That would be a fun job. I reckon I could do that. Water pistol. All right. Be good. And um, how'd you how'd your run go? Did you um, did you have any headwind? Did you find you were running into the wind, or did you have a bit of back? No, the, any wind? No, the, wind? it was windy because it was on Side. at the entrance, so it was sort of like it was a good breeze. 
Definitely oh. helped me along, I reckon. Always a breeze at the entrance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... <laughs> sorry, personal joke, breeze at the entrance. We've been working there for about two months. And there's a wonderful playground up there now, so you can take your children. It's open. The fence is and open. that's what I do for a, a business. The, the fence, fence is open. We've been working there, and they ran at the entrance. So, sorry, personal joke. All right, so, yeah, so how... What running when you got to 10Ks, were you feeling it? Were you still good or what, mm. you find you needed a second wind after a while? Yeah, yeah, definitely like like ebbs and flows sort of thing. Like maybe it, like the 6K mark, like I have so much longer to go. But then by about like 14K, you're like, oh, no, I'm just cruising. Did you find any mentally challenging points when you were running? Mm. Like did you have to like mentally get through it? Yeah, I guess so. When you see someone overtake you, you're sort of just like, oh, I could be doing better. Sort of yeah, thing. and you just have to keep going. Yeah, right. Mm. And uh, obviously, how, what what time did you do? Hour forty-eight. Hour forty-eight, and was that your goal? Uh, yeah, I think that was about what I was expecting. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did an hour forty last year. And did you get a prize or something? Just a medal. Like just a medal. medal. You got a medal. Yep. So you did get a prize. Yeah. So there is a finished prize at the end. All right, give him a clap. He ran twenty-one point one kilometers. See, they're still cheering you on because we're talking about it. But it's a race. It's a race of faith that we're in. And this race has all kinds of headwinds. It has all kinds of obstacles. And we're in a race and we're not to give up. We're not to say this is too hard or, or this is not good. The things, the obstacles, the challenges that are there, you know, God puts them there. God puts them there to build our faith. Some... We probably put there ourselves, but some he lines up because he wants to chip away at your character and build your faith. But it is a race. And I love what Matthew Henry says. He, ha- he says about persevering in, 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 in this race. He says, Christians have a race to run, a race of service and a race of sufferings, a course of active and passive obedience. This race is set before them. It is marked out unto them both by the word of God and the examples of the faithful servants of God, that cloud of witnesses with which they are compassed about. It is set out by proper limits and directions. The mark they run to, the prize they run for, are all set before them. This race must be run with patience and perseverance. There will be need of patience to encounter the difficulties that lie in our way, of perseverance to resist all temptations to turn aside to the left or the right. Faith and patience are the conquering graces and therefore must always be cultivated and kept in lively exercise. Christians have a greater example to animate and encourage them in their Christian course than any or all who have been mentioned before, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So this faith race that we're in, this race where there is obstacles, where there is ups and downs, where there might be a bit of headwind that you've got to push through, where there might be the need of a drinking station, where you need to get fresh in God. You've got to have the right shoes for this race. You've got to have the right clothing. Don't carry too much weight and Jesus will take your cares. But it's so important to get your prayers past your cares and get on to other things so that you don't have a self-focus, so that you can focus on God. This race that we're in, is marked out. The race that Luke ran in would have been marked out with flags. 
and cones and all kinds of little markings around the place and things that are boarded off for him to run through. And this race that we're in is marked out by the word of God. It's the place where we go to get answers when we don't have answers. It's the place where we go to get faith when we just can't see a way through the circumstances, where we've got nothing and we need something to deal with a circumstance, we can go to this place of faith. And we have a great cloud of witnesses here, people that have gone through stuff, people that have been through the challenge. We heard last week of Ruth's incredible challenge with Eleanor when she was a couple of days old. And if you weren't here, she picked up Eleanor, she choked, she she couldn't breathe. And she sort of shook her. And she sort of just was like freaking out a bit. And you probably need to hear it. I can't tell you exactly because it was hers last week if you weren't here. But she had this battle of faith. She said death came into the room. She felt this spirit come in and she had to stand strong and pray and believe God. And for some reason, Eleanor coughed and was all right. I can remember about nine years ago in this church, a lady had three babies. One of those babies was really, really premature. The next one was premature. The next one was just all these things from the doctors. You know, it's not going to make it. You're not going to make it. She spent a couple of weeks in hospital. We're all praying. You know what I love about this church? I love the testimonies of Ruth Brown, of the capacity that we have because there's faith there, because she's been through some stuff. And so there's this testimony and there's this next next test for this lady. But we're all praying and Ruth's praying. And that baby was born and he's fine to this day. Even a year ago, we have the testimony of Jedediah. Of Jedediah not breathing for nearly 20 minutes. When you've got nothing and you add nothing, you've got nothing. So if you add nothing to his not breathing, then he's not going to keep breathing. He's not going to breathe. But if you get faith, if you've got an example of someone who's been there before and done it and you walk in line with that example and you believe God and you bring in the Word of God, then the baby came alive because the, the, the grandmother walked over and laid hands on it. And I know Ruth was in there praying. I was in a rooftop in Caring Bar just standing there, get a little text message, we've got to pray for Jedediah. And I'm just looking up to where I can see Sydney. And I'm just going, come on, Jedediah, you're a little fighter. Come on. So we're all in this together. And there's this capacity. Even the other week, there was a baby. The doctor said, it's not alive. Ruth said, let's pray. Let's see it alive. It's here today. I saw it in Kids Club. I don't... I'm like, I saw that baby. That's the baby. The not alive, alive baby. Because it was nothing and now it's there. And this is the inheritance. This is the faith we have to run this race. But if we don't keep running with these examples, if we don't keep hanging on, if we don't keep going, what's at the end for it? At the end is the prize. And let's keep our eyes on the prize. And Jesus Christ is that prize. Can I have the band come up, please? Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He said, enter through the narrow gate, For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Come on, why don't we stand this morning as a close. Just going to read Hebrews 12 to you in the message version. It says this, Hebrews 12 in the message. Do you see what this means? 
all these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.